This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. As you should. That's what we're here for. I listen. If we need to embarrass people along the way, you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. You know what I'm saying, Joe? That was extraordinary. Extraordinary, because I was trying to process everything about the take, and I was like, I don't know. I don't think Ezekiel's got enough gas left in the tank. Maybe he'd be a good change of pace back, comes in, handles some of the workload, and like as I'm sitting there, you're burning it to the ground. And I'm like, well, if you're burning it to the ground, it doesn't, doesn't really require me to burn it to the ground. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, why are we even playing this if neither one of us even comes close to agreeing with it? And then I realized Carlin just wants to fire a shot. And it's a job well done. Well, a job well done, my friend. Because I did, just to pull back the curtain for a half second, I did sense some annoyance in your voice at, at the fact that I had done that. Was there? Okay. No, no annoyance whatsoever. You no annoyance whatsoever. I think that was the Joe Fornball version of surprise. I didn't see it coming. See, I'm still learning the idiosyncrasies, the little nooks and crannies that make Joe Fortenbaugh what he is. Let's not dive too deep on that. <laughs> there are people that get paid good money to deal with that problem. How about we zoom in on Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock at, <laughs> at the old therapist? You can come into mine. I mean, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon at 3.30, so feel free. You're Tuesday, 3.30. Yeah, I'm Wednesday, 1.30. I used to be Wednesday, uh, 10 in the morning. You know what I've realized? Therapy in the afternoon, I've had much stronger results. Really? Much stronger results. Morning, I felt like I went in there, and what I'm realizing is I still had so much left on my plate, I needed to get in and get out, and that's no way to treat it. Now I clear a lot of my day, and by the time I'm in there, I'm ready to fully unload all of my burdens on this poor, poor therapist. And I'll tell you, she, she's got to work for it. She really yeah. has a lot on her plate well, every, every Wednesday. Listen. There are no free lunches, and <laughs> yeah. especially in therapy. Okay, if you're gonna, if if that's the number we're talking about, okay, make sure you know, big fella, not getting cheated. <laughs> if you if you thought I was coming in here for an ego stroke, that's only the opening 15 minutes. All right, we are eventually gonna dig down. <laughs> it's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and it's not that often that this early in the week we would start to look forward, but we have got a great slate of games this coming week and i'm wondering how what we saw yesterday plays into that and what teams need to prove themselves more next week because you know sometimes you know we get into this thought process of week eight who's got to prove themselves more what are we trying to learn all this stuff what we learn about the league every week is that we know nothing about the league and the league knows nothing about the league about what's going to happen so we look at yesterday. We see the Dolphins take care of business against the New England Patriots. We see the Chiefs go on the road in Denver and just play horribly. Turned it over five times. Those two teams, 9.30 a.m., NFL Network, Frankfurt, Germany. Because apparently the Chiefs wanted to be in Frankfurt because they've got a huge following in Frankfurt, Germany. Why? Why? Really? I have no idea. Like, they apparently have the international marketing marketing rights for their team in Germany. And they requested, if we're playing overseas, send us to Germany. And so they, I think the Chiefs are expecting basically a home game this coming week. And then they've got the Dolphins. And then 425 Fox Cowboys Eagles. Hey, this is uh, one of those situations where... 
You've got two dynamic games with teams like the Cowboys and the Dolphins who have a lot to prove. Joe, I put it to you. Of those two teams, who has more to prove this Sunday? It is not even close. It's the Miami Dolphins. Not even close. For Dallas, it's very simple. You beat the Eagles, everyone's going to say the same thing. Yeah, let's see it in the playoffs. If you lose to the Eagles, yep, that's what we expected. There's nothing that really comes of it for Dallas, except for them personally getting a little bit closer to the Eagles in the NFC East, which would be a benefit. Miami, and specifically fans of the Miami Dolphins, are starting to get really upset with this idea that their team can't beat anyone, and people throw the word fraud around. They're not frauds. Miami's a hell of a team. The thing is, if you want the respect that some of these teams get, like the Chiefs off a loss, like the Niners off a loss. You got to go out there and do something. The Niners get the benefit of the doubt because they've been in a bunch of NFC championship games the last few years. We know they're good. The Eagles get the benefit of the doubt because they were in the Super Bowl last year and they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. We know they're good. All right? The Chiefs get the benefit of the doubt because it's the Chiefs. Let's not kid ourselves. Same thing with Cincinnati. But these Miami fans and people who cover Miami, they desperately want the benefit of the doubt. You haven't done anything yet. You haven't done anything since Marino. So when you go out there in a big spot against Buffalo and you lose, you're not getting the benefit of the doubt. And then a few weeks later when you go to Philadelphia in another step-up game and you get blown out by double digits – Once again, it's not about officials or anything that went against you. You didn't win in the big spot. It doesn't mean you can't win in the big spot. It just means you're not getting the benefit of the doubt until you show people. You got to go out there and get it done. So right now, Miami needs this game worse than anybody if they want to be taken seriously. I I get where you're coming from. Thank you. Let's get some lunch. You obviously didn't hear the butt coming. (laughs) I tried to preempt it. (laughs) Yeah, you really did try to cut it off the pass, didn't you? (laughs) Cowboys need this game more to prove that they're legit. Okay. All right, let's hear it. Uh, The floor is yours. I'm not getting in the way. Let's go. Let's go back to a few weeks when they got their doors blown off by the San Francisco 49ers. You and I, the next day, sat here and repeated the line from succession. You are not serious people. Mm-hmm. And that's how we viewed the Dallas Cowboys. That's how we viewed the uh, following week when they were taking on the Chargers. Chargers, same way. You're not serious people. The Cowboys have done a good enough job here to try to once again prove, climbing back up the wall, can we be regarded in a different fashion? If you go on the road and you win in Philadelphia and you all of a sudden find yourself in a position beating the top team in the league who, frankly, has really been that out of more of everybody else not not being quite as good. The Eagles haven't played great, and yet here they are at 7-1, seven seven and one, and I don't know when they are going to play great. This is opportunity knocking for Dallas in every way. Prescott's been better the last few weeks. He has. I can't argue with any of it the eagles just gave up nearly 400 yards passing to sam howell i know we can sit here and talk about how eric Bieniemy may have the eagles number based off of the super bowl last year and what we've seen in the first couple of games this season whatever that is it doesn't mean they can't be had we don't know what's going on with jalen carter and his back right now 
the Cowboys have a chance to take a step up. And if we're looking at the NFC right now, and we have the Eagles up top, the the uh, 49ers at number two, based on losing three in a row, but still the belief that they have outstanding personnel and they just need to get the party situation straightened out. Well, the Cowboys can jump the Cow- uh, the 49ers this week. Even if the 49ers win, the Cowboys can jump them. You go on the road, you win in Philadelphia, that's impressive. That's as tough of a win as you can get. And for me, it's something that they desperately need to be taken seriously because nobody will ever take them seriously until they win in the playoffs. This is about as close as you can come to winning in the playoffs during the regular season. This week. You'd put them ahead of San Francisco if they win this game? I do. I mean, and we're going to forget about the like, Arizona game. We're going to forget about how San Francisco just absolutely rolled them. But but look at what's going on. Yes, a lot of it has to do with San Francisco, okay? They look terrible right now. Do you think I want to put the Cowboys in front of them? I don't. I, I really felt like that there was a big difference. But, hey, they absolutely destroyed the Rams yesterday. That game wasn't even as close as 43-20. Scorigami, by the way. Yeah, Scorigami. But this also says to me that maybe they're growing up if they go and find a way to win this game. I want to hear from Dak about this uh, on the upcoming game. You see me and a bear in a fight, poor honey on me. So he can poke it. It's part of it. It's part of the National Football League. Whether we talk or not, we know what's ahead of us. Uh, great opponent. Um, excited for it. Uh, excited for, obviously, uh, opponent we're familiar with, vice versa. Uh, division game, obviously, down the road. This game, will, it, it, it means something and will mean something as we get further down the, the line in the season. Uh, and so, trust me, the guys in the locker room, myself, we know what this game means. We're not going to compare this to two weeks ago. All right, hang on a second here. What did he say at the beginning? You see me and a bear in a fight, pour honey on me. So, he can poke it. Spark- if you've seen me and a bear in a fight, pour honey on me? Yeah. Do you think that's wise? I mean, no. I'm, not a, I'm not a master strategist here, but that would strike me as uh, probably not a good idea. Yeah, but remember something. This is the same guy that coming off a meaningless win was getting ready for cow, uh, Niner week, and people were asking him, oh, thanks a lot for bringing that up. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Now I got extra motivation. Yeah, thank you. I want to thank you for that. And then they went and got rolled. Yeah. No one wants to hear it. Don't need to hear the jokes. Don't need to hear about bears, honey, and motivation. Everybody knows where you're at. Everybody knows. You can go win this game. You'll get credit for it, but we got to see it in the playoffs. It's still the Dolphins. The Dolphins need this worse because one of two things happens coming off that Chiefs game. You lose to the Chiefs, and once again, everyone is just going to stomp on this team and tell the world you can't beat anyone. You're a schoolyard bully who picks on the little kids. But if you win this game, that narrative's dead. You beat the defending champs, and you did it on a neutral over in Germany. Apparently not a neutral since Germany's Chiefs country, right? So you go win that game, you completely flip the narrative. All this talk that the Dolphins can't beat good teams is over. It's absolutely done if they can go win that game. The World Series is on ESPN Radio. Catch all the action between the Rangers and Diamondbacks tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Speaking of which, there is... There actually is one team in Dallas that might win a championship. That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Diamondbacks win it 9-1 and they'll split the first two games of this World Series. When you're a kid, you dreamed of hitting in the World Series, pitching in the World Series. You watch your idols do this in all the big games and be able to live out your dreams. So for me, here I have such another opportunity to live out my dream. We can outpoint you. We can outjab you. We can run a marathon with you. And we can also hit some home runs at the right time to beat you that way. So we're very dynamic, and that's what pleases me the most. World Series continues in Arizona tonight. It's game three. It's the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. And a guy who was part of a pretty special moment at the beginning of game one is Pudge Rodriguez, the Hall of Fame catcher for the Texas Rangers. And he joins us right now. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Pudge, Chris Chris and Joe with you. And uh, first of all, that had to be pretty awesome, even though, you know, you go out there and you're catching the – uh, first pitch from President Bush, and he bounced it for you. You're going to get down on you know two knees and try to block that one. How did how did you you handle it pretty cleanly? Well, he thinks that he he thinks that I still can. I mean, he's still cannot block anymore. But I did it. Uh, obviously, uh, it was I told him before the game don't bounce it, but basically he did. Uh, <laughs> but it was a great time. It was fun. It was fun time and. Uh, we are we are good friends you know we go long long way back uh he used to be my first boss came in into the league in 91 and and the relationship that we have together uh you know uh on the field you know as an owner and now play golf every once in a while together uh is always is always nice so we're good friends uh we have we have a great time. Uh, we we spent together together the last two games here talking baseball on the suite. So it was great. Very very honored to catch the first pitch to him the other night. There's a statue of you crouching outside Globe Life Field. Uh, the way it looks, are you happy with it? With the way it came out? Because with these statues, you never know. They could go a variety of ways. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It was. Uh, it, it's nice, obviously. Uh, the, you know, that's the only that's the only way that I can see myself taller. You know, and <laughs> just watching the statue outside. But other other than that, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, but it's great. It's uh, it sits outside, right behind home plate. You know, uh, uh, of the stadium, and so. Uh, I, a lot of people take pictures on it. I'm very happy every time I I drive through it that I see it there, and it's nice. It's nice to 
it's nice to see that. Pudge Rodriguez, the Hall of Fame catcher, joining us. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. All right, Pudge, first two games, what have you seen? What have been your biggest takeaways from these first two games? Well, the, the first two days, you know, uh, we, all, we all can see the difference. Obviously, two very good teams, obviously, very, very uh, similar uh, teams, obviously, runs, you know, put the ball in play, play small ball. I think uh, I think that's what we're going to see through the whole World Series. You know, given the fact that the National League was stacked with the Braves, the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks kind of came out of nowhere to win the pennant and then move on to the World Series. You were in a similar situation with the Marlins back in 2003. You know, you guys came out of nowhere and went on to win the World Series. What is it about these runs? How do they start? Is it just the confidence or what is it that that brings a team to a whole nother level this time of year? Well, I think I think that when you're the underdog and you don't you play for nothing to lose, uh, good thing happens, and that's what happens to us in '03, and that's basically what what the Diamondback did in through the whole playoff. I mean, you know, B starting and leading Milwaukee, which is Milwaukee have a great team, and then go and and, and be the uh, you know be the LA and the Phillies. Uh, uh, that tells you how good of a team they are. But I think that's probably what I can tell you. That team reminds me uh, the Marlins in 03. You know, we just show up to the park, just ready to play, just ready to take one one inning at a time, one out at a time, and just try to go out there and don't make mistakes. And that's what the Arizona is doing. Good pitching, fielding the ball. I think the starting pitcher are pitching to contact and make the guys behind make plays for 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 the pitchers and I think that's that's how you win ball games and and when you have a good top of the lineup and Carroll uh, he runs and, and and put the ball in play and and run from first to third uh, first to third in base hit you're gonna score early and that's what they did uh, the, the first two games and that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna continue to do. Padre Rodriguez, the Hall of Fame catcher with us on behalf of Sachs. We'll get to that in a second. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Uh, listen, you were there. You had Jack McKeon uh, take over in the middle of 03. Obviously a veteran manager. When you look at Bochy here, what kind of an impact has he had on the Rangers? Big, big impact. I think uh, when you have that caliber of a manager in your in your team, it's, it's amazing. And, and I think... Uh, uh, the season that we have and where, where we are coming to game three tonight is all about the job that, uh, that we all that we all do. I mean, we have to start from the front office, from the from Ray Davis, Neil Liebman, the owners of the team, uh, Chris Chris Young, uh, you know, Bochi, all the coaching staff, and then the players. I think that's uh, that's the key and. And all that started in spring training. Uh, uh, Bochi came in, and basically, uh, he's the same Bruce Bochi that everybody knows. You know, let the guys play, let the guys do their job, and 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 and, and not put any pressure on themselves. I think uh, you know the only thing he asked for the for the players play hard for play hard for your teammates, and you and, and I'm good with that. And basically, that's. That's what they're doing with this 
whole team. And and when you have a manager that knows to move the players and to move the the, the pitches when they need it, that's that's the key. And and veteran guy, you know, being in these situations a ton of times, uh, and having him as a manager with us. We got a big. We have the big advantage on that. Hey, Pudge, tell us about what you're doing with sex. It's basically all for, all for the cause. It's all for the foundation for testicular cancer, obviously foundation, and and basically uh, we did that uh, with that pers- uh, with that purpose because obviously we have to we have to go check because you never know. This is uh, this is a cancer that sometimes you you get it in the early age. And and it's always nice to get it early than later or late, and that's what the whole purpose about you know me coming up in underwears and all that because the underwear in that area is all made for that, and we have a great time. So Ingo and the whole uh, the whole group of guys, we did a great job. We have a blast uh, for six seven hours in Miami and. And came out pretty good. That's awesome, Pudge. And listen, great marketing for sure. Sax underwear, Pudge. We appreciate it, man. You like you like the underwear or the socks? <laughs> I'm gonna pass on answering that. Thanks, Pudge. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> hey, enjoy the rest of the series. We appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, guys. Take Pudge care. Rodriguez, the Hall of Fame catcher. I'll tell you. There weren't many that were better than him. No, no. He was one of the guys where when I was growing up, um, I had there were a handful of players in different sports where I would make it my mission to try to collect every possible card. Yeah. Like for him, baseball. For David Robinson, it was basketball, obviously. And and I had, I don't know, 70, 80 different punch cards. I did everything I could because I was catching when I was younger. And he was the guy. The guy. Oh, Plus, he played on, like, every team in Major League Baseball, so at some point or another, you were a fan of his. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance in Moments, NFL Takeoff, Part 2. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. Part two. That's right. Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, and more. All your protection. 
in one place. Bundle to save at Progressive.com. Joseph, we waste no time. Bengals 31, 49ers 17. Oh, dear God, what is going on with San Francisco? They are not playing well right now at all, and specifically Brock Purdy, who, yes, had 365 yards passing, but through two more interceptions and now has more interceptions over the last three games than he had in the first 14 of his career, Joe. Is it officially time to be concerned about Brock Purdy? A little bit. The opposition has done a really good job of taking San Francisco away from its game plan. The Niners want to be physical. They want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. They want to keep the defense rested for later in the game so they can seal the deal in the fourth quarter with a great pass rush. But the last three games, all of which have been losses, are all games in which the Niners have been dominated in time of possession. They're playing from behind, and that's not where they're at their best. Big story here, Cincinnati can still be had at 10-1 to to win the AFC. They've won three straight. They've won four of five. If we just looked at the last five games and they were four and one, no one would be doubting them. But we look at the two games at the beginning of the season. They lost to Cleveland and Baltimore because of the Burrow injury. This team's for real, and they're coming at you hard right now. If you gave me one receiver to start with right now, to start my franchise with, I understand all the great ones that are out there. Give me Jamar Chase. Ten for 100 in that game. And Joey B., Looks like he is just fine. Vikings 24, Packers 10. I'll tell you, the Packers have a major problem on their hands with the quarterback. He he cannot play. Joe, he's not very good. I don't think Jordan Love is the guy long term. I understand he hasn't played a ton, but I would also point out that he has been in the league long enough that you should still not be searching for answers at this point. You know, when Aaron Rodgers stepped in, you had an idea within reason that he was going to be the guy after he sat for a couple of years. I don't feel that way right now about Jordan Love. 57% completions, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. It's not looking good. He is not a rookie. He was expected to play a lot better at this point in the season. Working backwards, Green Bay has scored 10 points, 17 points, 13 points, 20 points, 18 points. They got no pop on offense, and they got an offensive-minded head coach in Matt LaFleur who, I'm going to tell you what, the further the organization gets away from Aaron Rodgers, the more everybody's getting exposed. Green Bay is going to have a lot of questions they need to answer this offseason. One thing we can say, though, just Justin Jefferson healthy, they may have the best receiver duo in the league with what Jordan Addison's doing. Yes, Seven sir. touchdowns in his first eight career games. That's damn impressive. Jets 13, Giants 10. That was not damn impressive. That was... No. That was... I, I Listen, the word slog, I think properly defines what that game was. Uh, Zach Wilson didn't throw an interception, but he did take just unnecessary sack after unnecessary sack. But yet somehow, because Brian Dable on fourth and one at the 17-yard line does not go for it to just ice it and take a couple of knees and go home with a victory, he says, no, let's put Graham Gano, an injured kicker out there, to kick a relatively short field goal to make it a six-point game. Not a two-score game, a six-point game. And what happened? He missed it, and Zach Wilson hit two long completions, and the next thing you know, Greg Zerline sends it to OT, and the Jets win. 
Couldn't have said it better myself. Brian Dable was in a situation where he could have won the game. And everything you just said is 100% accurate. No need to even elaborate on it. Jaguars 20, Steelers 10. Newsflash, Steelers bad team, Jaguars good team. This is the reason that I told you at the beginning of the year the Jaguars would play in the AFC Championship game. They're now sitting at 6-2 on the year. And Pittsburgh had been the beneficiary of many, many things going their way, officiating and all that, and now they're complaining about it. Just stop. They're not very good. They were fooled last year by winning all those games down the stretch of the season, and now they're going to find themselves in football purgatory. Jacksonville's won five straight by an average of double-digit points. Average of double-digit points. They're not just winning. They're hammering the opposition. That 20-10 final could have been much worse. They dropped the pick six and made several other mistakes in that game, but they still got the job done. As for Pittsburgh, don't look at the record. It's not indicative of who they are. They're 4-3, and three and they have been outgained in total yardage in every single game they've played this year. They have been outscored by a grand total of 34 points. They're last year's Minnesota Vikings without the offense. Eagles 38, Commanders 31. So the Eagles now are 6-1 and one in the past seven games in Washington, dating back to 2017. But that doesn't tell the story because, yet again, the Commanders played them exceptionally tough. Sam Howell threw for, I believe the number was 394, and four touchdowns on the day. Eagles couldn't stop him. Jalen Hurts does not look like the same player, yet he still threw for four touchdowns. He's clearly got something going on with his leg, his knee, whatever it is. And look, ultimately, the Eagles have just found ways, and that's why it's 7-1. and one. Even though it doesn't feel like they're a 7-1 team, they're the best team in the league. Yeah, it's tough to bang on them when you're 7-1 and one in the NFL, but each week we just see a bunch of head-scratching decisions in which the other team can't seem to take advantage. The defense did not look particularly good in that game. Jalen Hurts had a big fumble at the goal line. Kenneth Gainwell had a big fumble inside the five-yard line, which is alarming because he's barely getting any work with DeAndre Swift taking over the workload. And then speaking of DeAndre Swift, late in the game, they go for the tush push, but they pull a little trick there to run the football. Swift Swift gets to the outside, get the first down, take a knee, and the game's over. Nope, gotta gotta get the glory, gotta be about the me. So he goes into the end zone to get the touchdown. They all celebrate. They're up 14. Washington goes right down the field, scores a touchdown, and then comes out for the onside kick. The Eagles recover, and the game's over. But there was a lot of unnecessary football that was played late in that game that could have led to an injury. You gotta be smarter, and you gotta be more buttoned up in these spots. Sirianni throwing the ball on third and nine against the Jets sloppy running that ball into the end zone at the end of the game yesterday sloppy you'll get away with it against teams like washington you won't get away with it against teams like san francisco kansas city or cincinnati broncos 24 chiefs 9 chiefs 16 game winning streak against the broncos snapped and they had won 13 straight against teams in the division Patrick Mahomes has never lost to the Broncos before, and now he has uh, 24-38, two interceptions, a fumble lost. He just wasn't very good yesterday, turning it over entirely too much. And, Joe, for the first time, I'm really looking at Mahomes and saying he needs some other playmakers on that offense besides Travis Kelsey. He has set the bar so high over the last few years that any sort of slip-up, any sort of bad performance is going to be overly critical. 
and I understand where he's coming from. I understand where you're coming from. He was apparently sick going into that game yesterday. They had just played the Broncos two weeks prior. You know, history is not kind to the team in Kansas City shoes when you beat a divisional opponent and then have to turn around two weeks later and play them. So ultimately, this one gets mixed into the schedule. I'm not going to worry too much about Kansas City here. Seahawks 24, Browns 20. The Seahawks never seem to make it easy, but that's – say whatever you will. I think that's a good win for the Seahawks to get to 5-2 and two on the year just because going into that game, what did we talk about? The elite unit. The elite unit was the Cleveland defense, and the Seahawks did enough to beat that elite unit yesterday. Made the big play late on the P.J. Walker interception as P.J. Walker gave the game away there. Um, Seattle's winning, but I've watched a lot of Seattle games this season. They try. They try really hard to give these games away, and somehow they still keep coming away with wins. Geno Smith has been sloppy the last few weeks, but they're winning, so no one's too worried about it. If you're Cleveland, once again, go look in the mirror and realize how close you are to being a bona fide contender in the AFC and how you're flushing it all down the toilet because you don't have the quarterback position figured out. You do not need an elite quarterback to win with that defense, but good God, the Browns are just, they're going to let another season get away from them. It's really sad. And that is takeoff. From Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. In moments, oh, it's a Monday tradition unlike any other. There's one game left, one more chance to make a little cash. And we'll do that when we return on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. seconds with no timeouts to have to drive at the length and our defense was playing really good all game so well joe that's enough to break anybody's spirit and that's exactly what happened (laughs) the giants lose a brutal game to the jets and that leads us to this carlin versus joe breaking news the seattle seahawks trading with the new york giants defensive lineman leonard williams Headed to Seattle per ESPN's Jordan Runan. The Giants are likely taking on all or most of the remaining $10 million owed to Williams this year. So that will get the Giants a second-round pick in 2024 and a fifth-round pick in 2025. Deal first reported by NFL Network. But that is a big trade deadline deal for Leonard Williams to go to Seattle. And that's... Boy, Seattle's really going in, huh? Seattle's defense has won the game for them each of the last two weeks when the offense has stumbled. It was their big problem last year. They were bottom 10 in virtually every conceivable metric. So they went out and they made a lot of moves. They drafted Devin Witherspoon, who has been absolutely fantastic. The corner oh. coming out of Illinois. You bring back Bobby Wagner, uh, Jaron Reed. There are other players that you've acquired. Draymond Jones came in in the offseason. Now you're making this move, and the defense has been getting better throughout the course of the season. They're currently 11th in defensive EPA. That's expected points added. 15th in defensive rush EPA. 
So this is something in which they have identified a clear problem. They've identified someone who can help them solve that problem. And they went out there and made a move to put all of the pieces together. I like what Seattle's doing. They're aggressive. Hey, as of today, we're living in a world where we're going to enter the month of November. The Seattle Seahawks are on top of the NFC West. Listen, they got to five and two. You want to take a crack at it? I've got no problem with it whatsoever. And for the Giants to get a second-round pick in return this coming year's draft, that's pretty good. And, see, this is where they needed to approach this a little bit differently earlier. Again, fool's gold of what we saw last year for the Giants. Easy schedule, put themselves in a position to go to the postseason. They're playing another team that benefited from an easy schedule and also had a ton of one-score wins last year, and both of those teams are back to reality this year. Joseph, I just simply need to get back on the beam. Let's finish this. It's time to end the football week with a win. Easy money. This is Monday Night Moneymaker. I have done anything but the last few weeks. We started the season each with a bankroll of $100. I was going great. I was up, I think, around $114, and the big fella got greedy. Gluttonous, some might say. (laughs) And as a result, I have taken some hits. And we are back down to $72.40. Meanwhile, Joe climbing back at $96.65. So, Joseph, lay it out. What do you have for us tonight? Three bets for tonight. These are all official Pizza Money plays. Pizza Money from the weekend went 4-1, up 2.9 units. Overall, Pizza Money 57, 49, and 1, up 2.92 units. Three plays tonight. I'm going to risk $5.50 to win $5 on all three bets. Number one, Lions minus 7 over the Raiders. I think this game has blowout potential written all over it. Lions' first home Monday night game since 2018. Awful, horrific loss against the ball. Baltimore Ravens. They are going to be ready to play. Golf at home, much better than on the road. Golf against no pressure versus pressure, much better against no pressure. The Raiders are one of the worst pressure teams in the NFL. The Raiders have a very low ceiling offense when it comes to scoring. They've struggled all year. I think the Lions roll. So Lions minus seven is play number one. Play number two, Jameer Gibbs over 70 and a half rushing yards. David Montgomery, it looks like he's out for tonight. Gibbs had a big week last week against Baltimore. He's going against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL tonight. If they're leading late like I predict they are. They're going to be running the ball a lot in the fourth quarter. And then finally, Josh Jacobs under 59 and a half rushing yards. He has struggled this season. He's averaging less than four yards per carry. He's clearly showing effects from being run into the ground last year. I think the Raiders are playing from behind, so we won't see a lot of opportunities. And this is a good Lions defense against the rush. So to recap, Lions minus seven, Jameer Gibbs over 70 and a half rushing yards, Josh Jacobs under 59 and a half rushing yards, total of $16 and 50 cents wagered in a chance to win $15 flat. Okay, I like it. Here we go, Joseph. Ready? Yep. All right. Two bets for you this evening. And they're both just very simple prop bets. But ones that I absolutely love in this game. We're going to go Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. Laporta. Over 47 and a half yards. If you're not paying attention... Sam Laporta is becoming a very, very good tight end in this league. He could be, and I don't want to put too much on him, could be a poor man's Kelsey in the next year or so. And so with that, 
I'm going to go six bucks to win five at minus 110. Sam Laporta over 47 and a half yards. Real quick, let me jump in. If it's minus 110, you only have to risk 550 to win five. Oh, 550, excuse me. 550. That's Don't want right. my man risking too much when he doesn't need to. Okay. I appreciate you looking out right there. Well done. Uh, and then secondly, and this is what I would consider a layup. And it's another tight end. Yeah, I might be too late for tight end you or whatever it is. Tight end weekend. Michael Mayer, over two and a half receptions. Mm. Starting to work his way into the rotation and be a bigger part of the Ravens off of the Raiders offense, I should say. I, I really like Mayer here in this situation. You look at the last few weeks, getting more involved. Uh, he is also at minus 110, so we will risk 550 to go over two and a half catches on Michael Mayer. Now, listen, you might say there's nothing really sexy about those picks. When you're losing, you don't chase, you go back to basics. That's yeah. what we're doing here. That's my philosophy here. Your thoughts? I, li- I like the mayor pick because the one thing you left out, and this is important, uh, Garoppolo likes him. Garoppolo yeah. is expected to play tonight. Garoppolo, one of Mayer's best games, I think his breakout game, came with Jimmy Garoppolo. And tonight, pressure, um, crowd noise. Garoppolo's going to have to get the ball out quickly. He'll look for the tight end in a lot of those situations. Michael Mayer's a good buy low because people haven't realized how good he is, mostly because the Raiders haven't been able to get him going. But once they do, this kid can play. Yeah, last week I got screwed by like six yards on an over-under. This week I don't plan on getting hosed in this place, even though we are going with two rookie tight ends, but they are both guys, uh, Laporta earlier than Mayer, but they're both guys who are starting to really make their impact on this. I am going to be stunned, stunned, if the Lions find a way to lose this game tonight. They should win big. Uh, minus 20 and a half on the alt line is plus 355. Just throwing it out there. Ooh, not bad. Let's get some lunch. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.